Hey, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Who Made You the Boss, a professional podcast that's all about how we show up in the careers we love without sacrificing our whole selves. One industry I have been particularly intrigued by has been the entertainment world. I have a few friends that exist in this space, and I I just see the way that they hustle because of their passion for the craft. And since we celebrate versatility and creativity on this podcast, I wanted to bring that unique perspective today. And I was fortunate enough to connect with the fascinating writer, artist, and director, Allison Snyder. You might actually know Allison as Heather Wilmore from NBC's AP Bio or as Zora from Disney's Sunny with a Chance and So Random. Yet what truly sets her apart is this relentless pursuit of creativity. And we really dive into that today. We talk a lot about it based off of her 21 year tenure in the entertainment industry. She literally began this career when she was four years old. She was under the name Allison Arm and she had early roles in shows like Friends heard of it? In 2014, she launched the YouTube persona Astrid Clover, which then led her to producing over 350 episodes and amassed a huge following. Uh, In 2016, Allison and her husband, Dylan Snyder, ventured into film production. They created Watch the Footage, WTF Productions. Their work has gained distribution through Fun Size Horror, and that has landed on Amazon's Shockdale Party series. And we talk a lot about what it means to work with your partner, which is something I can totally relate to, and and how we evolve personally and professionally, and how we support one another in that evolution as humans. So join us today as we explore the multifaceted journey of Allison Snyder, artist, actress, writer, and director whose creativity knows no bounds as she teaches us what it means and who made you boss. I am so excited to welcome Allison Snyder today. Allison, thanks for being here on Who Made You the Boss? Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Um, you know, Cody put us in touch and yeah. and he said we were very similar and, and I'm sure he's correct. So it's very I, nice to meet you. You as well. Yes. Cody, for those who don't know, is my brother-in-law who I adore, who lived in LA for gosh, over a decade and is still working as an actor. And you guys probably connected, I'm sure, in that field. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same manager. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Okay, cool. Yeah. You didn't Mm -hmm. tell me the specifics. You just said you two have to meet. And so here we are meeting and recording it for the world to see. So I'm excited to to dive in with you. Absolutely. Um, Same. Yeah. Well, I shared with the listeners a little bit more about your background, but I think it's important to know that everyone listening to this is going to be coming from a different background themselves, right? We've got some people in just, just various fields, but I've always been really intrigued by the entertainment industry and like the art of the hustle that you have to do in this specific industry. And you began your career at such a young age. So you probably (laughs) know this industry well. Um, From what Cody has told me about you, it sounds like from an early age as well, you kind of decided to take the reins of your own life and say, I'm doing this thing. I'm making me the boss. I want to be the leader of my own life. And so, and you're like, now you're calling the shots at your production company, all the fun stuff. So can you tell us just more (laughs) about that journey? Like, like what brought you into the, the place where you could say like, all right, this, this life is mine. I'm taking control. I'm, I'm going to be in charge of what I'm doing next. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, that's that's a funny thing. I I never sat down and said I want to be someone's boss. Yeah. <laughs> I just had ideas and wanted to pursue them and then as I gathered people to help me, you know, whether that was was, you know, 
help from friends and family or, or hired, you know, creators. I just sort of, you know, circumstantially ended up becoming people's boss. And that has actually like stressed me out, like the chain of command. I, I much prefer like collaborative work. Um, I think I've been an artist this whole time, uh, kind of stepping into to random work here and there. And the way that I'm approaching my production company and just kind of my work in general is just, you know, doing what I love and then trying to get enough other brilliant minds on it that maybe we can actually make some money at this thing. And yeah, I, I, I just kind of take it one day at a time and I just try to trust myself that like, hey, you know, I, I have a wealth of knowledge and I, I always have that Liam Neeson, like I have a very particular set of skills. And it's like sometimes I'm just like, oh, gosh, should have gone to college. Like, what am I doing? But I'm like, like, no, 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 it's OK. Like, I, 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 I know like things that are going to get me to that next level of like I, I you know, just want to be around friends and family and creating all the time. and. I love it. Well, I think that's honestly, and honestly, it's why I named the podcast Who Made You the Boss? Because I, I think for the better leaders in the world, they're not the individuals who are on a power trip that were like, I am making myself the boss. Here's my crown. It's yeah. exactly what you just said. Like you've got kind of something in you. You're listening to that. And it just so happens that by proxy, you're now leading people because of it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I've always been called a leader uh, just you know I, I tend to you know I'm, I my dad has always told me like I uh, you know don't speak unless you have something to say mm, and and I yeah. definitely believe that you know like there's you can gain so much by just listening and I, I consider myself a listener but then when it comes to like okay now we're doing a group activity or a team thing or somebody needs to step in and like take charge of this I can definitely you know step into that public speaking kind of role. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like he's been a very big influence on you. I was listening to some of your other podcast oh. interviews and oh my I, I can relate to that. Like my dad is, is my mentor, but, um, was he in the entertainment industry? Uh, yeah, he's, he's a musician and, oh. and yeah, that, that dude, he's the, the coolest person around everybody who meets uh -huh. them is just like blown away a that he's my dad because he just looks like my older brother. Um, he, he always makes jokes about being a vampire, which people don't always get sometimes, because um, people are like, oh my God, you look so young. How do you do it? He's like, oh, I just, you know, try to stay out of the sun and stay away from garlic. And, and people are like, oh, interesting. Didn't know garlic was it. He's like, don't, don't worry about it. Never mind. Hilarious. Well, and but, it, so it's creativity that runs in the family, really. Like, but, it's the, yeah, he's, yeah. he's, He's just kind of a, yeah, he's, he's just an artist. He's kind of a goofball. And him and I just loved doing silly voices with each other and writing down ideas, drawing yeah. pictures. Like it was just a constant like collaboration of art and, and acting yeah. was something that I kind of stumbled into, happened to take an acting class and, and the teacher there loved my work and yeah. Yeah. He, he just, you know, was always bringing coloring pencils and, and paper and we were always writing scripts in the waiting room. And I, I'm still pursuing many, many things. Um, well, it sounds like it's like the creative process itself is kind of what you love. Is that uh, safe yeah. to assume? Yeah. No, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. And I've, I've been learning to trust that more. Um, my therapist actually recommended this phenomenal book, uh, Julia Cameron, The Artist's Way. Oh my God. Yes. I 100%. I, so have you gotten through it yet? Or it's, I swear I'm, I'm working my way through it, but I started the morning pages yes, like yeah. at the beginning of this year. Yeah. Life-changing. I've, I've read, yeah, I started reading the artist's way. And right before that I read the life-changing magic of tidying up. Oh, that, funny. 
What an that interesting is a combo. game changer too. That is a game okay. changer too. Those are those two books, and then there's another one, Many Lives, Many Masters, and those are like okay. the trifecta that I always recommend to people. Of like, oh, this is have your have your ego death, get rid of everything, and then like start anew, start journaling. Well, I did think about the um, the life changing art of tidying up being mentioned in the same sentence as the artist's way. Like, I will definitely take your recommendations on this because I could not agree more on the artist's way. I like that's a struggle yeah. that I've personally had because I I started as a creative, like writing was my first love, and then I kind of was like. Well, I can't figure out a way to make money by this. So, and my dad is is very funny. He's like super business minded, and he'd always give me a hard time because I was getting my English major. And at one point, the cocktail was essentially like English major with an emphasis on poetry, with a minor in French. And he was like, "So you're gonna write like French Hallmark cards? Like, how are you gonna turn that into a living?" And so, I wound up going into business because I love it as well. And there is a creative aspect, especially at the start of a business. But it it actually took the artist's way for me to start pulling back out that that part of me that was like, all right, there's a steady heartbeat here of creativity. And how do I get back to it? Yeah, that's that's funny. It, you know, my my brain, I heard that and I was like, oh, making French greeting cards. That sounds awesome. That sounds lovely, <laughs> like that's right? That's 100% what I, because I make greeting cards. I'm like, oh, I can draw and Valentine's Day is coming up. And then I'm like <laughs> looking up like print greeting cards. And I'm like, oh, there's like next day flyers is nearby. I'll just that's hilarious. I mean, it's a there. business somewhere. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing is that I kind of realized like there's so like there's so many niche jobs and like yes. so many jobs that just require like exactly what that person can do. So you just got to like figure out what your resume actually looks like rather than trying to like think of the job and be like, okay, well, what do I have in that field? It's just like, I don't know, totally. come up with what your resume looks like and then say, okay, what jobs can I do with this? But, well, and that's so true, but like you've been literally working since you were four years old. So I feel like you've gotten yeah. like some time on figuring this part of life out that mm -hmm. most people don't get until they're like in their teens, if not early twenties. Yes. Yeah. My, my dad definitely did a really good job of keeping us, you know, grounded in a sense you know we we were always doing it for fun and like the the money that it brought in and the you know kind of career that it was building was definitely like a plus but he was always paying attention and tuned into like making sure that I was having a good time um, that is super important well and I I heard you I think probably on the same interview that I heard you talking about your dad you, you mentioned kind of like taking time yourself to step back and evaluate even like your time management because you had totally. been at that grind for so long. Um, I'm just kind of curious, like, it sounds like it led to burnout for a little while. Is that correct? Oh my God. Yeah. So the artist way, something that I realized by doing the morning pages, because, you know, I, I was, you know, starting the book because I was trying to read every day was like a new year's resolution. I was like, yeah, at least just like five minutes every day. Cause I was, I had a book club going during quarantine and it was fantastic being like kind of forced to read a book every month because there's a whole group of people. But yeah, this, this year, you know, I wanted to make sure that I was putting, dedicating my time into my films were in, in post-production for two features right now. And so it's just a lot of screen time, which just drains me. And, and so I was like having trouble with the work-life balance, trying to be like, okay, if I can at least read five minutes and it recommended the morning pages and it's three full pages of like stream of consciousness, handwritten journaling. And I'm using like, like 
binder paper. And that is like, it takes me a long time. And I have like nice handwriting and my thoughts, like I, I write pretty cohesively and it genuinely takes me a good hour and a half to get through like three pages of journaling, just the way that I do it. And I don't know if I'm doing it wrong or I haven't finished the book yet or anything, but it, it what it made me realize was just like, it was so hard to set aside time for myself to do anything other than what I feel like I'm getting emailed about and like all these kind of like floating deadlines. I guess I just kind of, I started getting, paying more attention to deadlines are all like made up by people. And so like, who's making up the deadline and is it important or did they just pick a random day? Because when people ask me for deadlines, I'm typically kind of picking a random day. So it it just kind of like it, it made me rethink like how I schedule and prioritize and just being like if I'm if I'm feeling like way too tired and like it looks like tomorrow's gonna start getting stressful, it doesn't matter what I had on my plate. Like I need to go to bed and I'll figure it out in the morning, kind of thing. Completely. Um, it's so interesting just kind of picking up what you're you're talking about, like in starting a company, one of the early rules that I learned was like instead of trying to work in your business constantly is take some time to work on your business. And that that requires like intentional carving out of time. But for you, you yourself as a creative are your business. So like you've got it's to a work weird world. I have to, yeah. It's like if you're not eating and sleeping, your business suffers. Yeah. <laughs> and but I, I think that goes for anything. I think every business is creative in a sense. Um, anybody that I talk to who's any sort of entrepreneur and just the way that they have to approach things, their whole world, like it's a lot like film production in any way, you know, you're hiring similar types of people and and making, you know, phone calls and constructing emails. And, and I I think, you know, all of that takes brain power and you're not going to have brain power if you're not eating and sleeping. Good point. This is, this is the basics, right? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious to camp out too, uh, because we haven't talked about this yet, but I feel like it's so rare to meet other people who have this scenario in common, but you work with your husband. And I also work with my husband. And I think when people find that out, they usually are like, oh God, they they immediately imagine themselves in that scenario. And they're like, never, I could never. Yeah, people's questions make me question (laughs) their relationships. Okay, that's a good way to put it. They kind of project on you, don't they? Totally. It's really interesting to like (laughs) kind of get like a quick sneak peek into their marriage just by seeing the way that they interpret like, oh, you guys work together. But the, the reaction is different if people are talking with Dylan and I when they find that out or if they're just talking with one of us, because if you see us together, just yeah. our body language and like the way we move and the way we like finish each other's sentences, it's it, people just kind of get it when they see us. If they're yeah. like, oh, that 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 makes sense. That makes sense. Wait, wait yeah. at what point did you decide to start working together? And or was that before you actually decided to like be together? What did that timeline look like for you? Everybody who knows me works with me. Um, I and I feel bad about it sometimes, but as a creative, I, I guess not. It's just like I, I, I'm constantly creating and and working on things. When I was little, I would invite friends over on the weekends to film short movies and and constantly doing like photo shoots. And I'd randomly just like bring a camera to school, take pictures of my friends. And then because I heard that people Photoshop magazines, I remember looking at magazines as a kid. My mom being like, "Oh, they make this look like their lips look bigger and they change their hair." Blah blah blah. And yeah. I was like, "That sounds fun." So I like got into Photoshop <laughs> as like a small 
small child and I'd like make my friend's lips really big and I'd put like crazy like like I'd look up celebrity hairstyles and put them on them and so by proxy Dylan was destined to work with you is what you're saying yeah (laughs) I I had my my Astrid Clover web series um a lot of uh my friends and and family and and even some people who have passed away have have all guest starred on it and it's kind of this like video diary of my life in this wild way because it was just something where I had when I started it I had just started selling sketches to awesomeness tv who was airing them on Nickelodeon Mm -hmm. and it was kind of this like oh I can you know write comedy and and you know get it out there and I started this YouTube channel. I, I originally wanted it to kind of be more of a variety show and doing different characters, but yeah. I really liked the Astrid Clover character. And then I just kind of kept going with it. And then I kept going. And then it was several years later. And and it was just every single week. I was like, well, I can't stop now. I've got this streak going. Yeah. And and it was just something where it was like, oh, like I, I would have these fun ideas because my dad and I would brainstorm. Like, yeah. you know, it'd be Monday or Tuesday. We'd call each other up, be like, do you have any Astrid ideas? And, and be like, okay, hold on, let me open the notes on my phone. I wrote a couple things down and like, and then, and, and, and um, it was always like, okay, so we'd be pitching ideas and I'm like, all right, well that requires like 10 people and a dog. Like, how are we going to get 10 people and a dog by Thursday? And of course, Cody's one of the people that, I, that I'm always calling up for those kinds of things. Um, <laughs> that sounds the, like the perfect Cody phone call, to be <laughs> honest. Like, that's, that's the thing is that I attract the right people yeah. by living this lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and the people who tend to not like it or they they don't show up or they don't come back, it's like, it's like yeah, no, I, I don't want anybody here who's like not having fun. Like the whole purpose yeah. of this for me is to create and have fun with my friends. And so like, please, you know, come and enjoy it if, if you're going to like be here and create yeah. with us. Well, you know what? I think it was even um, the artist way that talks about synchronicity mm-hmm. and the idea yes. that like, right, like we're constantly putting out what we want to attract if we are being open to it. And if we are, it's almost totally. like you've just created this vortex that you've pulled the people into and they love it as well because they love you and they want to support you. And I bet you're bringing 100%. out the fun side of them that they may not have even no, they had. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the kind of thing where, okay, I'll just, I'll give you an example of a shoot that I just did. So I, <laughs> it's so fun to, to see how connections get made, but basically I through a, through a film that Dylan and I worked on as producers, um, we met this actress and her boyfriend who loved working with us. And they were producing this like large scale short film out in Iowa that they recruited us for. And while I was out there, one of the production like assistants who then became kind of like in an art department position, she was phenomenal. And, and she was in a punk band uh, and uh, called uh, Big B Woods. And I like pulled them up on Spotify and they have this song called Nun Fight. And it, it was like she's like screaming like, it's a fun night for a nun fight. I was like, this is so funny. This is wild. Like because she's this little, like she's got so much of like my my build, my frame. Yeah. We're just like these little kind of bird people. And she's just like screaming, like screaming punk music. I'm like, oh, this is so fun. I was like, do you have a, a music video for this? She was like, no. And I was like, okay, I was like, hold on. I was like, I have people who would definitely be in a nun fight video. <laughs> and um, my friend, Melanie, she uh, has a play that she wrote uh, called Nothing Special. Uh, it's all about uh, Edie Sedgwick and kind of like the 1960s and Andy Warhol's factory. And so she's renting this big warehouse space for a couple months 
and um we've been we've been working on the play i'm i'm directing it and we have a couple other people in it and a band and in this warehouse space that she's renting i was like oh this would be a great place for a nun fight i was like melanie like could, would you dress up as a nun and can we use your warehouse and like film this video which was like absolutely and just like every person that i called up there was only like a couple people who were like i have family who would be like deeply offended and like i i it sounds so much fun but like can't do this one but please call <laughs> me up for the next one like it los angeles is just like a playground for creatives of just everybody wants to like go out and have fun and it's really easy to just be like hey guys you want to do like a sunrise photo shoot on film like this sunday and people are like sure i'll set my alarms it's just yeah i'm so curious because like a concept that we talk a lot on this podcast is about imposter syndrome and it it, to (laughs) me it sounds like you have none because you're just like i'm gonna go for what i want to go for but like have you ever even struggled with that or like what does that look like to you yeah. Well, okay. So as a kid, I, I had no such thing as imposter syndrome. I was so unapologetically myself. Um, I, my dad always talks about when I went into, uh, like speak with agents at Buckwald, uh, when we sat down with Matt Jackson, who's also my agent now as well. Uh, when we sat down with him, uh, he saw that I was wearing Lizzie McGuire shoes and I had never seen the show. I just loved like the blue coloring and like they light up, they lit up and they had flowers on them. I, I thought they were so cool. And, and so he asked me, he was, he was like, Oh, you a Hillary Duff fan. And I was like, I was like, Oh yeah, sure. And, and he was like, well, who do you want to be when you grow up? And I was like, me. <laughs> and it was just this thing where it was like what what are you talking about what do you mean yeah. who do I want to be when I grow yeah. up it was like I'm gonna be me and wow. and and so I've I've tried to come back to that of, of like I think social media is what like kind of sucks me into that state of like you start it's like just this direct comparison of yourself to others and you're just the 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 endless scroll and it's really easy to kind of you know get into dark places through social media the more I cut that out of just like the scrolling um the more I cut that out the more I started like actually reaching out to my friends and like going and seeing people because it's like oh I don't know what people are doing unless I actually like go out to lunch with them yeah I actually, this is so fantastic timing because I was actually just having another interview with another guest, Carlos Whitaker, who wrote this book, How to Human. And his whole thing is about like, like seeing people, meeting them where they are and Mm. actually like being present. And so we were talking a lot about this exact topic of, you know, the idea of technology really pulls us away from what it it actually should have been intended for, which is connection. And it's no longer actually making us feel connected, but it's making us feel very isolated and and no longer human with each other. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, as as a teenager, I had a long string of bad boyfriends, but uh, one one of them wanted me to constantly check in over text with him. Oh. Of just like every five minutes, wanted me to text him to make sure that I don't know. Um, but it it like created this feeling of like I didn't want to see people or go out anymore because I was like I don't want to be the person who's just like absorbed in my phone and texting yeah. all the time yeah. and I'm, I'm very very conscious of that now like Dylan and I don't bring our phones on sets and like we don't like take our phones out at lunch like it makes me uncomfortable to even have like phones on the table yeah wow that's a I, I can learn a thing or two from you on that because I feel <laughs> like even though I, I try to be conscious of it I have such a like 
circular relationship with it when it comes to like, I'll delete all of the social media apps from my phone, <laughs> but then I'll be like, well, all it takes is just like my face to bring them back, right? Like just do the quick face scan and then they're back on there. And it's like, I need yeah. a, another layer of like accountability almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really difficult these days because business and social life and just safety and calling the hospital, like everything is all connected in the yeah. same device that also like just... I, I don't like being accessible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and especially like as a creative too, it's like, you know, if I'm in a, in the zone or in a headspace and like, I, I, I have not been diagnosed with ADHD, but I definitely find tendencies. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, when you get in the zone of something, like the last thing you want is just like the notifications going off and completely, it was very smart to stay in tune with like what your, kind of pulls oh, are and knowing that that would take you out of it completely. Um, yeah. That's actually something I really, really want to explore more. And maybe I'll have a guest on here one day uh, about ADHD in women and how that is oh, becoming more and more um, frequent that women are getting diagnosed later in life because it, it manifests mm. so different than it does in what the typical stereotype that has it is like a young male. And totally, so totally. It, it's one of those things I've often wondered too, mm -hmm. where my like, gosh, is, is multitasking actually a sign of something more the fact that like, I can't focus on one single thing at any given point. And then your phone rings and it or just pings these days, you know, and it's like, takes you away from that flow state. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I I love going on walks without even bringing my phone. Yeah, like just the yeah. freeing feeling of like occasionally Dylan and I will be like going to the grocery store and we're like, do we even need our phones? Just leave like your phone. How <laughs> rebellious isn't that? Is just kind of crazy to even that that's even a thing that like you feel rebellious for just leaving your phone behind on a walk, right? And it feels and like that's, that's the point of a walk. That's the thing is that occasionally like I'll leave my phone behind and I'll like go on a walk and and like I'll I'll go a little further than planned. Like I'll be like, oh, I'm running to the corner store to grab this. And then I'll be like, oh, it's a nice day. I should go around the block. And then I'll be going around the block and I'm like, I don't know what time it is. So I don't know how much time has gone by. And like if Dylan's worried about me and my yeah. phone's at home, but I'm like, I'm going to be like – like if, if 30 minutes went by, he might get a little concerned or like text me and see that my phone's yeah. at home, but like, I'm not going to be gone for hours. Like, uh, it'll Just be fine eventually. Behind. Kempinski Hotels is very proud to announce the redesign of one of its flagship properties, the Sharon Palace Kempinski Istanbul on the shores of the Bosphorus. With its unique location, magnificent architecture, rich history, and unparalleled beauty, this legendary hotel has stepped into a brand new era and invites its guests to an exciting journey. The worldwide known award-winning icon presents a sophisticated style inspired by its long history. The place to be in Turkey? Sharon Palace, Kempinski, Istanbul. For more information or to reserve your next Istanbul state, visit Kempinski.com or contact your travel advisor. Do you still need a travel advisor? We've got you covered. This podcast is brought to you in part by Jet Set World Travel. Jet Set is a proud founding member of Kempinski's Club 1897, giving our clients exclusive access at any Kempinski property worldwide. To plan your next getaway to the Sharon Palace or any Kempinski hotel, visit JetSetWorldTravel.com to be paired with an advisor today. So I'm curious, kind of changing gears a little bit as we talk more about like meeting people where they are and as humans. And I, I feel like you being in the entertainment industry, 
something that the pandemic did was make me realize like when industries are greatly impacted by specific Mm -hmm. events. Right. And I own a travel agency. So having that during COVID (laughs) was like, not really a, not, not a benefit. Right. And my husband and I are both in it together. And it was like, Oh, this thing is leveled. And granted, everyone had their stuff that they were dealing with during this time. Everyone's lives got leveled in some way or another. But there's something about when it's your industry and you can no longer actually perform the functions and be fulfilled in the way that you're used to. Mm -hmm. And I feel like entertainment's been hit like kind of back to back in that way with between the pandemic and now the writer strike that's going on. I don't know how much you feel comfortable talking about that, but I, I just wanted to bring it up and just like, how are you? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, it, yeah. it made me, yeah, the pandemic definitely like that whole leveling effect. Uh, it, it's funny cause I definitely have uh magical thinking and, yeah. and definitely, um, was like shooting. I was like, I was like, Oh man, I, I caused this to happen. Cause I'm always sitting around wishing like, man, I wish everything shut down for like several months so I could just work on my scripts yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and just like paint and work on my scripts with no one in the world. Right. Nobody would You're come like, over. You're like, but not no. like that. Like, not like, this was not what I meant. I'm like, no, I didn't <laughs> want people to die. Oh God, this is horrifying. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was pretty, yeah. The, the lifestyle was sweet. The, the atmosphere was nightmarish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So the art was strange. Yeah. Well, what about like right now too? Does that, do you feel like a similar cadence or are you able to like go on a little bit more when it comes to like actually fulfilling your kind of professional endeavors, I guess? Well, we, we were geared up to go. We, we had just, (laughs) So Dylan and I, when we first started dating, we were doing Astrid Clover together and he brought his like photography gear, which was like DSLRs, and, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice cameras. He started bringing an audio gear. It just like leveled up the show. It kind of made me realize like, oh, we can actually make things that look a little bit more professional. We started doing short films and we started submitting those to festivals. And and through that, we were able to kind of get enough uh you know, belief in us that, that we, we started fundraising for our first feature film, one that I wrote and, and, and Dylan directed and and we're, we're in post-production for it now. And it's absolutely beautiful. I'm I'm so, so excited about it, but (laughs) putting myself back in that headspace of, of early 2020, it was like, we were like getting, getting out on the tarmac, like getting ready to go wheels up, like shoot this thing in the spring. Um, and we were like, you know, talking with actors about scheduling and then I was working on the show AP bio at the time. And I remember everybody being like, we're going to take a two week break. And like, just kind of the lead up of my, my mom had been saying for several weeks, like, oh, you should start buying like canned food and water. She'd been listening to some podcasts. She's very like a health nut. Yeah. And she'd been listening to this podcast. And it's the kind of thing where she was like, we're about to go into quarantine. Like everything's going to shut down. And I was like, like, I was like, do you know what that would do to the economy? Like, we're not going to shut down. And I was like, oh, crap. And and yeah, it's like the two weeks went by and it was like, oh, no, this is going to be a lot longer than two yeah. weeks. And And we started yeah. looking at what productions had to actually jump through in order to shoot. And it was pretty much like if you are Lionsgate or like a celebrity with your own like production company and mm-hmm. like capital that you can right. put into yeah, it like, sunshine like or something yeah people were pretty much like renting out sound stages and like camping everybody there so it's kind of yeah. like okay everybody comes in to town they all like quarantine for like t- 
10, 20 days kind of thing. And then we're all working and kind of camping together. It was like intense. Yeah. It's like you, an indie project can't afford that. You're trying to put every single penny yeah. on screen. And it's like when you can barely like uh, figure out how to like pay for the props and the actors and the set pieces, it's like the the price of COVID tests at one time, like, like when, when that first became a thing. It sounds oh like God. you are pretty scrappy. So I'm curious, like, what does that, you know, when you encounter that kind of like adversity, what comes of that for you? Because I, do, you don't strike me as a type yeah. that's like, I'll just sit and wait for it to pass. Like, it feels like you would just say like, <laughs> all right, I'm going to turn my ship in a different direction and like take advantage of this in, in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of what I ended up doing was I knew that this film that we had been working on, it was this thriller that takes place out in the middle of nowhere. We wanted it to be very like, you know, our, our love letter to old school cinema and to The Shining yeah, big Kubrick fans um, were like, this film requires budget. And we like have such a blessing by being able to have gathered like this much of a budget for yeah. our like, you know, debut feature, like mine as a, as a writer and his as a director. And we're like, we don't want half of it to get eaten up by COVID just because yeah. we're impatient. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, let's put this one right over here. Like it was, I, I tried to just look at it as like, this is perfect timing because like, we we're like, we have like money in the bank and it's just going to sit there. And, and all we have to do is just be patient. Like we didn't put deposits down on anything. Like, you know, it's not like contracts are lapsing with actors and we're losing whatever yeah. we didn't have a location or something like it just gave us more time and i ended up uh working on the script over like the course of two years of just really like maturing the script yeah. and really delving into it deconstructing it and, and it would have been a, a great movie but now it just like the layers are there yeah and it's something that yeah. I can be really really proud of saying like oh I I, I wrote this and I thought about this and it's a time-bending thriller so it, it I, I like had to think through a lot of timelines and and make sure you know like poke it for plot holes through I and through it. I love it was it now I'm trying to remember was it you that I read as a big Chuck Palahniuk fan yes <laughs> yes I just yes, finished yes, yes. um consider this have you read that yet Ooh, it's not, his, yet, like, not yet. Yeah, it's his writing memoir and, and advice. Oh and so, yeah, it was it was very good. And then like done oh, in very yeah. true Apollonic style where you're, you know, you're kind of, he's giving examples that are just like totally out of left field. And, and you're like, well, that makes oh, sense for the, the work that you create. But then also it's applicable yeah. to what we're doing. I'm sorry, I just, that just made me think of, as you talk about the layers and leveling the script, like the writing element of it. Absolutely. You know, that, that I have to add that to my like very, very long reading list, which I, I've been prioritizing the morning pages and the drawing and then yes. the, the, the reading has been like my little, I'm like, at least if I can at least read two pages and I'm like, I'm never going to get to it. Totally. <laughs> to no, way. I, I but, feel the same way, but plus with kids running around. So it's like, how am I oh, ever going to? It's I don't audio know books how. Nothing these days. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand how, how, how you do that. I, I very much like people, people ask me about kids and I'm like, my production company is my baby. My movies are my baby. Yeah. Every painting is my baby. Like I can't, I don't have time. And you know, I felt that really, really strongly with my business. And then like, it felt like this really interesting identity shift. And that's also kind of why I was curious, like what, what did the adversity make you do? Because like it, with me, 
adversity and motherhood came at the exact same time. And I feel like it very much made me decide like, okay, I'm going to evolve. I'm going to go to this next layer. And and oftentimes I think we think evolution is like this thing outside of us. And really what it was, was like, I'm actually going to go a layer deeper that I know is within me, but that I haven't Mm. been tapping into yet. And and it sounds like you are pretty well versed in the art of evolution. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I I, I love everything you just said. I a hundred percent agree with that's that's very cool. Yeah, we've we've been um meditating a lot lately. Um we 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 meditate every morning together. Um that's I think uh, a big a big anchor and and of how we work together. That would probably be my first step to any couples who who ask the question of like, how do you guys work together? It's like you need to meditate (laughs) together. Yeah. Yeah. You guys need some time together, but not talking. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, cause we can, we can have an adult conversation with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So we can just uh, take, take yeah. the emotions down, do our deep breathing, say, sorry, I'm a little hungry. Totally. I love it. Well, yeah. and that kind of usually leads to like, that's the working on yourself or on your business instead of in yourself. Like it's, that's the, like, yeah, it's, it's intentional been such, time. yeah, it's, it's been such a wonderful, um, way to kind of evolve uh simultaneously with him I I always tell him like that's one of my my greatest joys is just getting to watch him grow up well grow up I love it yeah Yeah. because the two of us yeah we've known each other since we were kids and and yeah Yeah. even still it's like we look back at like our marriage photos like oh my god the baby is like babies got married this is crazy that's an amazing partnership to be able to support one another as you are both kind of like becoming that next version of yourself. I think that's incredibly important to have. And you get to see things come full circle because, uh, you know, like I said, he, we got into filmmaking together be, because he had the camera gear from yeah. photography. Yeah. And and now as the filmmaking industry has kind of like stumbled a little bit, we've still been able to, we, we ended up uh, pivoting because during the quarantine, my, my, uh, former castmate Matthew Scott he wrote a film uh and and we ended up doing it like a quarantine movie because it yeah. was kind of written during that time and it was yeah. very isolating and and so we were able to pivot and put our energy there and and um another pivot that we've done is because of you know the strike we are putting our time into this play it's like this immersive theater experience that I was talking about nothing special yeah. Yeah. um that my friend Melanie wrote and uh Dylan's doing all the photos for it because it kind of started out where we just like needed poster photos and yeah. uh Melanie and and we're doing it with our friends Aparna and Kristen uh the three of them uh, they're all playing Edie Sedgwick. Uh, they had been looking up like Edie photos and and showing me like the style of photos that they wanted, that black and white and grainy, like 65 look. And and I just, you know, I show it to Dylan and Dylan just has the brain for like, he's done all the research and the reading um, and he's like picked up all the cameras and and he knows that, like everything about like the the film and the lenses. And then, you know, of course, if he said, heard me say that, he'd be like, I don't even know close to everything. Like I haven't even moved <laughs> on to medium format cameras yet. And I'm like, the fact you know what that is, it's just like, 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 oh, you're a photographer. Like, like yeah. he, he suffers from the imposter syndrome with photography. Um, but, but it's, it's cool because through doing nothing special, um, he's kind of like, it's it's the first time that he's not just photographing like landscapes and birds and showing me yeah. and then kind of posting them quietly <laughs> to like a little Instagram page and then he doesn't tell people about. Um, but it's like 
you know, he's showing them these photos and they're like blown away being like, oh my God, that's exactly what we asked for. Like, how did you just like understand the assignment execute? And it's the kind yeah. of thing where it's like, he shows up to the warehouse space and like, he knows how to hook up his camera to the lighting gear that's there. And so he's got like the big flash units going off and he's just like, he, he, he knows his stuff in that realm yeah. and it's, it's cool to watch him like yeah. become a photographer. And so I was saying, you know, watching things come full circle yeah. in a relationship, it's like, oh, he wanted to be a photographer from the start. So it's like, I'm not even focused on like the strike and the film industry and whatever. Cause I'm like, oh yeah, we've got our movies. And of course I want to make more movies one day, but I'm in like no rush. And in the meantime, we're developing like our painting and writing and his photography and we're set we just kind yeah. of like ebb and flow with the waves and I try to be you know a a master of some but at least a jack of all trades yeah right 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 but but also just supporting like what you knew he was capable of doing all along and so this gave totally, you the time totally. to like strip that back and say like this is actually kind of who you were meant to be at least in this next phase and iteration yeah yeah that. that's really cool hundred percent. Yeah. No, it's, it's really cool to watch him. Yeah. Get more into photography cool. and, and do yeah photo shoots and, and talk about like, Oh, yeah, like, like we'd start talking about business plans and he's like, what do you think I could charge? And I'm like, I don't know. What do you, like, what do you think you could charge? That's such a special relationship. <laughs> I feel it's so unique. It's so unique to be able to like actually work with your partner and to yeah. do it in a way that like makes you each better. Um, that is completely something mm -hmm. that I've learned from Jeremy from Cody's brother. And, yeah. um, <laughs> It, just that level of support where you feel like you can take risks because you have the safety net of that person's 100%. love and support to fall back on. Like that is, as why I'm doing this podcast even. Like I it just, yeah. like, <laughs> this is an out of left field activity compared to like our normal day to day. And I've been working behind the scenes between like this and writing and and just kind of like moving into thought leadership. Yeah. And Jeremy, every step of the way has been like, awesome. You've got this, go for it. I will be the place ah. that your platform essentially. And it's just so special. Beautiful. Um, I'll tell you, I have this cheesy question that I ask every guest, but it's because it's inspired by mine and Jeremy's relationship, which was during these times that were like very difficult for us. We, we would go on, we would call them our, our LFWs, our little effing walks every day when like the world was shutting down and we were having to make like very difficult <laughs> decisions in business. And we're like, all right, time to go on our walk. So it was like all you could do. And, and every time on those walks, we would ask each other the question of like, um, what made you smile today? And you know, at first that question, you're kind That's of sweet. like, well, like, like it's really not my gratitude today. journal in that time is not totally. a gratitude journal. <laughs> totally. It's kind of like just event session, right? Well, it made me smile, yeah. but like yeah. you didn't come in the room when I wanted to have space. Like, <laughs> but in no, all reality, like, I'm glad I didn't die today. Oh, no, happy that, that we're just right. So it, it is though something that stuck with us and it's stuck in our family and like our, like even like our little three-year-old Mila is still, she's like, what is your happy today? Like she's, you know, Aww. evolved into it. But I am curious, like, you know, it's early in LA right now. So maybe nothing necessarily has made you smile today, but like 24 hours, like what's made you smile lately? Absolutely. Well, I, I think actually within this past year, I've kind of unlocked like the cheat code to life of the, the morning, like what the morning pages are supposed to be is like yeah. setting aside like a morning routine for yourself. Cause like, I don't know about you, but it takes me a little while to feel like myself. Yeah. I kind of like, yeah, gotta go through kind of like get some stuff out of my brain, you know, waking up from a night of sleep. It's like getting out that kind of yeah. stream of consciousness, taking a second to stretch. Um, yeah. I just took a yoga class, um, 
with um, somebody that I've been working with for three years. And she told me that my spine was leaning and just a little, ever so slightly to the right. I was thinking like, oh, that's probably from the morning pages. I was like, what can I do? Because <laughs> she was like, yeah, she was asking me like, if taking I work a on physical the computer tool. a lot. Yeah, she's like, ask me if I work on the computer a lot. Ask me about like the mouse, like maybe try to switch hands or something. And so I've been trying to become ambidextrous. Yeah. Well, my oh my God. Well, you also cracked me up. Longer. Totally. But you also have chosen binder pages. Like I made a little mental note of that when you were like, my pages are really long. You chose a very long object to write on. Yeah. And the stack is like this big now. And I just yeah. have this drawer building of paper. And I'm like, That's this hilarious. is wild. I choose like it's, the it's little really like cool these journals. Feeling. So I feel very accomplished when I... I'm I'm so tempted, but like I I, I just I at yeah. least I I allow myself to if there's a particularly stressful day and I only get out one page, it's fine. But the yeah. challenge of the three pages and the accomplished feeling I have when I get to the end of three binder pages is is pretty pretty oh, wild. Man. But but yeah, setting aside that time, it's like I've I've now because of my slight curve to the right and, and doing my stretching every morning because she just yeah. recommended like a real simple like kind of lay down on the floor in corpse pose and just like look to the side. It's like small movements. Her, her whole thing is she says, um, you you already know how to do big things. Like so practice oh, doing yeah. small things. And whoa. Yeah. That's like a major takeaway, right? For yeah. overachievers. Like I think we might both fall into that category. hundred percent. And so she's got this little stretch um, that she taught me. In, and it was just actually just a couple of weeks ago of just like you lay on the ground in corpse pose. And it's just like, you look to this side and there's just like a subtle shoulder movement of you just kind of push this shoulder into the ground and you raise this one and it's just like a neck stretch and then like the whole like spine kind of stretch and just like arching your back a little like pushing your pelvis into the floor it's just yeah. like real subtle but it just it like makes you feel longer afterward yeah. and then right after Dylan and I meditate because it's usually he, he needs to brush his teeth in the morning so I do my little stretch and he brushes his teeth and then we sit down on the floor and we meditate together we find some little like five to ten minute youtube video that's just like a guided morning meditation so like already lots of smiles um but the big like like the first real like um like joy of my day where i feel that kind of like kid at disneyland feeling yes. is um we have a bird feeder outside and so like every morning like going out and checking the bird feeder is like yes the, the joy <laughs> The joy. Are you getting to meet different types of birds every time? Are you like now yes. ornithology expert? Like, um, so I've I've learned so much about bird watching over quarantine. Uh, yeah. Audubon has been doing bird meditations and bird sits. What? Oh my gosh, they're so cool. You learn all these little things. Like, um, she talks about how when you sit down the bird activity you're going to see, like you get to watch them in their like comfortable habitat mm -hmm. and they're moving around you and they come to you. Whereas if you're walking around and you're making all the noise, you're scaring them away before yeah. you even get there. Um, and, and there's all these cool things you can learn from just listening and being still. Um, yeah. One of the things that she talks about is rubbing your fingers together, getting that kind of like papery sound really close to your ears and then just slowly bringing it away from you as you keep making that sound and you try to focus on the sound because by the time you get really far away, your ears are just like tuned into the space around you a lot more. And so oh, you can hear, yeah, yeah, it's it's really cool. And so you can hear bird sounds from a lot further away. Um, there's also a fun uh, trick she taught us where if you 
listen for where you don't hear birds. Like if you close your eyes and you're like, I don't hear any chirping in that direction and you point and you look that way, you'll see like a cat or a dog or like some sort of like threat, something that like, oh, like the birds all went quiet over there. Like incredible that you're tuning it. It's it's really interesting. It reminds me now that we're going on this bird tangent. It reminds me of... uh, um, so own, own a travel agency. I've done a lot of traveling in my life. I've gotten to go to Africa a few times and do safaris, which are like life-changing and, and just the most incredible experience all around. But most of the time when people are going on a safari, they're like, I want to see the big five. They're literally named the big five, right? Like we want to see the largest, <laughs> the, the elephants and the lions, like the largest animals out here. And all of the guides who have now been doing this for decades, I noticed would be like, those are great. Those are great. But look at this bird over here. And, and at first you're like, Okay, no, take me to see a leopard, please. Like I need to see the big things. But oh. but they've started learning like the big things are not necessarily what is so amazing about this 100%. world and about what surrounds us. Oh. Like start paying attention to the small. It's it's what you just said. I love what your oh. your yoga <laughs> teacher said. It's like you already know how to do the big things. Start paying attention to the small. Absolutely. Oh, 100%. Oh, synchronicities all around. That's my takeaway. That's my takeaway. Ah, okay. I all right, cool. Birds. Well, let's, uh, with, with our limited time left, I want to hear a little bit more about like how our listeners can kind of like stay in touch with what you're doing. Like what, it sounds like you've got some really cool projects in the hopper. Like what should they be looking <laughs> out for? How do they know when it's happening? Like what's the best way to follow you? Can you tell us more about all those things? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, my Instagram page is always Allison. Um, same thing on, it's not called Twitter now it's X, right? Oh, that's right. I don't know. I've been living oh my a gosh. Bit well, lately when it comes to social media, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I think you're right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I'm, I'm always Allison on everything. Instagram. I, I update the most again. I don't really check it. Um, I just kind of post little updates of, of what I'm doing. Um, uh, what I've got coming up in the in the works. Um, yeah, my name is spelled A L L I S Y N. So if you just and, type that, and what in. you've got coming up is an immersive theater. Immersive theater is that what it? Like, yeah, what it yeah. Like? So nothing special. It's happening yeah. in Los Angeles in November, um, November eighth through eleventh. Cool. Um, it's yeah. <laughs> Go on the Nothing Special Show Instagram page and make sure you're you're tuning in and and subscribing. To the newsletter, uh, so you can find out more more details and and cool. be notified when tickets go on sale. It's it's going to be a, a a trip. I'm I'm really pumped about it. It's going to be kind of a part yeah party meets immersive theater and yeah it's it's, it's sounds really like an obvious yes yeah 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 no cool. come come to the factory come to the factory noted all right Allison you rock I'm really glad Cody put us in touch. Thank you for Thank this conversation you. today about like how we can be better at working on ourselves and how that makes us better, not just leaders, but better humans. You have really enlightened me. Thanks. Thank you. Absolutely. This was a, a very wonderful way to start my day. <laughs> And that, lovely listeners, brings us to the end of today's episode. We truly hope you enjoyed this deep dive into the world of leadership and professional development with Who Made You the Boss. If you've gained some valuable insights today, we would love to hear from you. Please take a moment, go to your favorite podcast platform, search for Who Made You the Boss, and leave us a five-star rating and review. That feedback helps us tremendously as we're creating content that resonates and empowers. Stay connected with us too by visiting lindsayepperly.com and there you can subscribe to our newsletter and ensure you never miss an episode or an exciting update. 
You can connect with me personally as well on Instagram and LinkedIn. And let's continue the conversation with ourselves and other like-minded individuals who are redefining what it means to be the boss of our own lives. So thank you listeners for being a part of this journey. And until next time, remember, you have the power to shape your destiny. So keep leading, keep learning, and most importantly, keep being the boss of your own incredible story. Thank you.